welcome back to the Fanny Pack Podcast. You're here with Jolly and Kiara. And we are dreadfully sorry to have missed you last week, but we were experiencing some technical difficulties and scheduling conflicts, and it just happened that we weren't able to get it up. Yeah, I kind of had an emergency and had to run, so we didn't end up getting the pod up because I had to go somewhere. But we are back this week and we're ready to go. And once again, we are talking about Harry Potter because we are just nerds. And because I blanked on what I was originally going to say about something else. And yeah, I can't even remember what I was going to talk about because I had we never run, But we never run out of things to talk about Harry Potter about, so... Yeah. <sighs> Today, uh, we might have to throw up a trigger warning for this one because there are some allusions to stuff that, uh, are uncomfy. Um, because we're going to be talking about all the weird age gap relationships in Harry Potter. Some I don't really see an issue because like some. But it's like I told Kiara, if these are just, if they were isolated, the ones that she doesn't have a problem with, if they were just like an isolated relationship, of like one or two and then what the other one was one of the others she didn't have a problem with I wouldn't have an issue it's just that there are so many and a few that are alarming that when you put it in that context even those ones start to seem weird a little yeah we're gonna start with the one that pisses all the Wolfstar fans off Ramus and Tonks because I will abide by the fact that they could have done something. They could have given Ramus a relationship without sticking him with a woman 20 years his senior immediately after the death of Sirius. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It just, that one, it forever pisses me off. Not even just because of Ramus and Sirius and that ship. It's because... She did not give Ramus time to grieve. His best friend died. And <laughs> like, yeah. And like, less than six months later, he's in a relationship. It doesn't make, not only that, it doesn't even make sense for Tonks. Because Sirius, number one, was her cousin. And number two, she knew how close Ramus and Sirius were. And I just can't help but think that she would never pursue a relationship like that. Because, or at least so soon after Sirius's death. Because I think she would feel like just a replacement for Sirius. It's also that is she didn't even have time to grieve after her cousin died. Exactly! Exactly! She never even gave either of these people time to grieve. And it's like, I, I'm sorry, neither of them just seems like the kind of character that would jump into a relationship so soon after something like that. And not only that, like, she took all the interesting char characteristics of Tonks, like, right out. 
for the sixth book when they were talking about them getting together because like she had gotten all depressed and stuff because Ramus wouldn't be with her and it's like well uh no that's not Nymphadora I'm sorry that's not Tonks that's not Tonks and don't call her Nymphadora I you know what I mean but that's not who <laughs> she is sorry I had to quote her it, like sometime I could see her getting mopey and depressed because her cousin was gone but not because a guy won't date her it, like I, she gives off that personality of I'm a strong independent woman and I don't need a man until she actually fell in love later on after Sirius's death not gonna lie to you, when I first read her introduction in the fifth book, my brain was like, Oh, you're a lesbian. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. And like, I know it would be tropey and cliche to make her a lesbian, but like, also, come on! <laughs> like, I'm a lesbian, and I'm like, I would be okay with her being a lesbian. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Sorry I'm yawning, I woke up about a 20 to 20 minutes, half an hour ago. And it just, it pisses me off so much. Because it's like, sometime between the 5th and 6th book, J.K. Rowling forgot everything she wrote about Tonks, and was just like, yeah, I can go off from here. It was so frustrating, and like, it's like, it's like one of those directors who doesn't read the books and just goes purely based on what people tell him it's about. And I, I really didn't like that they also muted the friendship between her and Harry in the films. And like, oh, especially in the sixth oh, film. Oh, talks and Harry. Like... I, I never saw them as, like, a potential couple or anything, but she was one of the only people that wasn't, like, a Weasley that he looked up to, in a sense. Yeah. I, I, like, you yeah. know, she was the only person who was around his age that wasn't, like, an authority figure to him. Like, he thought she was so badass. And Ginny thought she was so cool because she could morph into anything she wanted. Exactly. That was the point. Tonks was cool. <laughs> and then in, like, the sixth book, it's like that just went, whoop. She became a mopey, prissy little brat. Because Raymond. She didn't become it. prissy. She was just kind of, oh, well, I guess. Like, they took all of her personality and shoved it out. Oh, oh, sorry. And like, okay, listen. I'm, I can, hold on, I can see where her Patronus changed. But she could have given it a bit more time before they got together. Honestly, I would have preferred that they didn't get together. Because, number one, there was no, like, actual time. Yeah. For them to get to know each other. That's what I mean. Like, after everything happened and they had more time. But if, but if they had... Let me say my piece for one second. If we're staying on canon... That's what I mean. There was no time. You could have 
given him more time and it might have worked better. I'm just saying. Uh, if she was going to go that direction and have them together, she should have been planting the seeds for this relationship in the fifth book. I hate to say it. Like, I know people are like, oh, her first introductory is being defined by a man. But listen, within the timeline of the series, it didn't feel like they had much time to get to know each other and, like, develop as a couple. Exactly. It was just kind of thrown in our face. And then they died after having a son. Which is so... It pisses me off because these are such beloved characters. Both of them were very, very beloved. And then to just kind of mash them together and then kill them off. Like, I realize that it's poetic that all the Marauders died. I get that. And if you really wanted to have Tonks and Ramus together, you should have been, like, given it more time. And maybe, like, aged up Tonks a little bit so it didn't feel so weird. Like, I know that Ramus is only, like, in his mid-30s, canonically, by the book's timeline. But Tonks was barely 21. Because there was about a... She was the same age as Charlie. Yes, because they were in school together. Yes. And it, it just... The age gap between them is so big that it's uncomfortable. I can see that, yeah. And then we get into, like, Bill and Fleur. And, again, the age gap is just uncomfortable because they got together pretty much after she left school. And now, there's only, like, four or five years between Bill and Fleur, and this is the least egregious example that I can present. Because, like, out of context... This relationship kind of seems fine. E even if she was technically, like... You can leave school at 17, so I guess by our laws, she was a minor, but by their laws, she wasn't because 17 is the legal age for witches and wizards, which I guess means that's the age of consent, too. Holy shit. This, these are some implications. But, um, anyway. She was legal... But it was still kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. But, oh my God. but I think what redeems Bill and Fleur is that they are so much alike that I would be like, yeah, I, I guess. And like, like I said, the age gap isn't that big. They realistically could have gone to school together. So I at least think that they have stuff in common and that they're about the same maturity range. Well, think about it. She was, she's older than Harry. Yes. So, she would have been about Charlie's age. No, she was 17 in the fourth book. Okay. And then she would have been 18 when she started working at the Gringotts. And that's when they met. Yeah. So, technically, she would have been legal age. But not when they met. Because they did meet in the fourth book. But they started dating in fifth year. I know, I know. I just think it's kind of weird to date somebody you knew as an adult when they were a minor. Just, you know. You know? But like I said, they, they, they are a good couple. And I do think that, you know, like I said, it's the least egregious example show. 
It's one of those ones where, like, out of context, uh, if you, like, exclude the other ones, isolated, it's okay, I guess. I don't know if I've made my, like, dislike for Harry and Ginny known, but I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this right now. The age gap is not the problem with Harry and Ginny, okay? That, like, could be a facet for some people because I know this is a complicated and touchy subject, and I will have to say right now that I do know the culture and conversation around age gap relationships is different in England. I know it's a little bit more normalized over there than it is over here, and I totally understand that. But like I said, in the context of the story, with all the other age gap relationships there, it does kind of put this one in a questionable context, especially because Jenny is Ron's little sister. And, and Harry's ultimate sister. Uh, fangirl. And she was his ultimate fangirl for like three years. Even if she grew out of that, I'm sorry. It's gotta be weird. It's gotta be weird because Harry was canonically uncomfortable with his own celebrity. And I don't understand the thought process of he's uncomfortable being famous. Let's match him with somebody who fucking was in love with him because he was famous. At first. That, that for me is like the most like misstep, like hear me out. I adore Ginny Weasley as a character. I just don't think she works with Harry. I personally would have preferred Luna and Harry. I know, Luna and Harry is one of those relationships that's not canon, but for me it should have been. Like, I realize some people are like, oh, I just like this couple is like a, f a fan thing or whatever. But like, Harry and Luna should have been canon. Yeah. They had so much in common and they got along so well. There was development for a relationship for them. Yeah. Like, if it had ended up in sixth book where it was her that he had kissed in the Room of Requirement, I would have been like, yes, I'm here for this. I love it. But then it was Ginny, and it made no sense, because his feelings for Ginny literally cropped up out of nowhere. Literally cropped up out of nowhere. Whereas, I think with Luna, you could kind of see the seeds of it being planted, whether intentionally or not. They had several moments alone together long before the sixth book. They were having moments together in the fifth book. And I, I, you know, you, sometimes you read people interacting. And I get that sometimes you can be like, ooh, well, they would make a good couple, da-da-da-da-da, whatever. But, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, yeah, you know, they'd be okay together or whatever. Because of these few context clues. But, like, Harry and Luna have a relationship. I'm going to straightforward argue that Harry and Ginny did not have a relationship before they got together. They were, they were friendly, but they were not friends to the, to the degree that Harry and Luna were. Harry and Luna 
I'll say it right now. Y'all might think I'm weird, but Harry and Luna had a special connection, okay? And I get that some people are like, well, you know, Ginny had that whole thing in the Chamber of Secrets. Which I get, but like, she had an incident. A traumatic incident. Harry's life has been trauma. And I would argue that Luna's had Luna's life has been the same as well. She gets bullied by other kids. She saw her mother die. You know, her dad is an incompetent oaf. I love Xenophilius Lovegood, but he's a fucking oaf. And like, people consider her a freak. Luna and Harry understand each other on a level that Ginny just never could. When he asked her to Slughorn's Christmas party, he was so comfortable asking her. Yeah. She might not have been his first choice, but it was a, a choice he was comfortable making. Which indicates to me that number one, he probably knew she'd say yes. Which he, means and, and he said, I'll ask someone cool. He'll ask someone cool, and it's Luna! Which, you know what that means? He thinks she's cool! I know the movie played it for laughs, but he thinks she's fucking cool! Yeah. Like, the amount of screen time, and, like, page time, I guess, that Harry and Jimmy have together, you do not ever get the sense that there is a relationship there. But, but it every, seems like every, in the sixth year when they end up kissing, it it makes you wonder, what did Ginny put in his drink? That's why a lot of people think he gave him a love potion. Because his feelings came out of nowhere. And I know some people are going to be like, well, what about Harry and Hermione? And it's like, no. No, they see each other more as family than a potential relationship. And I know the the sixth, the seventh movie, sorry. The sixth and seventh movie kind of fucked with that idea, but I don't. And this isn't because I ship Ron Miney. <laughs> and, like, I could get into a whole nother argument about how I feel like the movie failed their relationship, but that's not the time for this. See, I saw that whole dancing in the tent, getting close, her cutting his hair and everything like that. I saw that as a best friend slash brother helping Hermione out because she was upset that Ron left. But like he see, was comforting her. There was no, there was no the, intention the, of him trying to get with her. See. The two times that it had just been Harry and Hermione previously in the series, Harry had not seemed to enjoy the time. Like, he values Hermione as his best friend, but she's not Ron. But you can see the maturity shift in Harry between the fifth and sixth books. And that's why I think he began to value his time with Hermione more. And that's what led to them becoming so close in the seventh book because Harry had matured 
And I think losing Dumbledore too had kind of made him be like, oh shit, I kind of take Hermione for granted. Yeah. And we got off topic, fuck. Um, <clears throat> but the last one I do want to yell about, that I do have a lot of evidence for why it is fucked up, is Hermione and Victor Crumb. <laughs> yeah, Kiara knows. I have bitched to her about this before. We've had conversations. Y'all know that Victor Crumb was, like, legally an adult, right? You have to be 17 to enter the Triwizard Tournament. Not only that, he played for the Bulgaria Quidditch team, which means he was a fucking adult. Hermione was 14! And he was pursuing a relationship with her. I don't care if it never became physical. But Hermione herself did say that Crumb is not particularly a loquacious person, which I took to mean he's not much for talking. Which says to me... They snogged. That there was either some kissing going on or he wanted to take the relationship to places that was not appropriate for that kind of relationship. Yeah. I'm not fucking sorry that relationship was vaguely pedophilic. That's the only, like, relationship I will label as such out of all of this. But that was pedophilic. Yep. I quite agree. And the fact that he wrote letters to her afterwards, and then apparently it was Hermione who put a stop to it all. But it's only contended as, well, she just wasn't feeling their relationship. I'm sorry, but, like, the fuck? And then we demonize Ron for his behavior at the Yule Ball. Oh, I'm pissed about this. People are like, well, Ron was just jealous. He was an asshole. Like, no! Victor Crumb was a potential sexual predator, and you're mad that Ron got mad that Hermione went to the ball with him? Granted, I think he would have got mad if she had taken anybody from Bulgaria. But remember, they were all 17. So, at least in my mind, Ron has a right to get fucking mad at that at least. Yeah. Like, I think, I think Rowling could have made the point more about Ron being jealous with someone who was their own age. The problem is when you take, when you make it Victor Crumb, he's got a fucking point! He's not I don't read that as jealousy. I read that as a friend going, get the fuck away from him. Yeah. I, I read that as somebody who is concerned about the nature of this relationship. Because someone's a fucking adult. Yeah. It makes me so mad that, like, Ron is demonized in this instance, but... He's got a fucking point. The whole fraternizing with the enemy bit, like, whatever you want to say, that might be weird and jealous, but him being upset about it is grounded. Yeah. Like, I, I just can't say enough. He's got a fucking point. Mm-hmm. 
And no one ever questions this. No one ever questions the nature of this relationship. And, like, everybody just kind of treats it as a teasing thing. When Hermione was... I'm gonna say it! Hermione was being groomed! Yeah, she was. She was being fucking groomed! And nobody ever said a fucking word about it! Nobody thought it was weird! I did. Hi. Mm, I did. <laughs> I, I know, I'm just saying, like, people didn't think it was weird. And that kind of bothers me. And even in, even in the books themselves, no one ever says, hey, that thing with Crumb was kind of weird. Wasn't he a fucking adult? And then, like, the fact that she sees him again at Bill and Fleur's wedding, and again, nobody makes a remark on that. And she, she danced, danced with him. him. And it's hinted that he still has feelings for her. Whoa! It makes me want to explode. It makes me want to fucking explode. Because it's just treated as like, oh, this is her ex who's still got feelings for her and not a potential pedophile. Yet again. That wanted to groom her. She was, it, it seemed like he was pissed. That she was with Ron. No. That she and she, in quotations, ended the relationship, so he had to stop grooming her. And like, that's the thing that really upsets me. Cause like, Ron being jealous as an isolated thing, I'm fine with. That's a facet of his character. But if you want to portray him as being unfoundedly jealous, and, and basically, you know, being mean to Hermione, unnecessarily, maybe you shouldn't have put her in a situation where she was at risk. Because there are plenty of guys from Hogwarts that she could, she would have known better and could have gone with. And still could have gotten Ron jealous without putting her in a situation where she was being exploited. I choose to keep my opinion to myself there. See, she wouldn't have gone with Draco, and Draco would have never said yes. Even if he knew it would piss Ron off. I know. But that's but what... They, 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 not only that, not only that, she fucking did this twice. Rowling fucking did this twice. In fourth year and sixth year with McLagan. But I think it was better with McLagan. Honestly, if she had taken McLagan to the Oval, it would have been better. That would have been so much better. And I get that it was, like, sort of necessary for their arcs, but, like, I just think the whole thing worked better with McLagan. Because the whole Ron 
Lavender, Hermione, McLagan thing. That was actually really smart. And I liked that. The Hermione, Ron, Victor thing was just gross. And I... I will never stop being mad about the fact that Ron was demonized for that. Don't worry, I didn't like it either. And the whole thing about these relationships, when you put them into context and leave them entirely unremarked upon, especially the Victor and Hermione situation, it just screams to me that there are or were some unintentional biases on Rowling's part that were never like fully realized. And I realize she tries to do this whole feminist thing on Twitter now, despite being a turf. Um, a big turd? A turf. I, I, I call her a turd. Both are acceptable. It, it just, it's weird to me that no one has, has called her out on the Victor Hermione thing. I'd love it if someone did. Because I would love to see her explain her way out of that one. Trigger warning! I already put a trigger warning up. But actually, you know what I would... No, I, I was trying to say... <laughs> Trigger warning, these books contain possible pedophilia. When you think about it, yeah. Fourth and sixth book, or seventh book. Fourth and seventh, but when you really think about it, yeah, that's the kind of thing that needs a trigger warning. Especially because it goes unremarked upon, and people just kind of treat it as though it's fine. But it's not fine. But it's not fine! You know what, actually, I would really like to see? I know this is weird, but I want to read a fanfic where Hermione, like, comes to the realization that that relationship was fucked up. Maybe not a whole ass fanfic, but like a short story or something where- One shot. A one shot or something where just- she fucking deals with that. Yep. Because- When you leave it go like that, and you don't touch on it, and you don't remark upon it, it just, it normalizes it. And that, it's not normal. I know, it's not normal, but I mean, when you don't say, hey, yeah, you know, this is actually wrong, what happened was fucked up, when you don't have characters, when that relationship is not designated as bad, not good, messed up, it can, just as with Arya and Ezra in Pretty Little Liars, lead people to think that this kind of relationship is desirable and okay. Yeah. Which gets a lot of people hurt in the end. Which gets a lot of people hurt. Now, you don't think... I, I would love to see a one-shot of this, but... Can you imagine Ron writing home to Molly... Telling her that Victor Crumb is grooming Hermione. 
it's my personal headcanon that it was not Hermione who stopped these letters, but her parents. I think her parents stepped in and were like, this is not okay. Because they seem like kind of genuinely caring people. And you can't tell me that she didn't tell her parents at least that she met this guy. Well, they'd be quite curious to wonder why she was getting more letters than she usually was. Or who these other letters were from. And this Victor guy. Because she would probably tell her parents. Yeah. They seem like they have that kind of relationship. I think her parents were like, you can't see this guy anymore. You can't talk to him. Because that's not okay. And I think Molly would have given her a strong talking to as well. See, like... The thing is, nobody likes likes to talk about it, but you can tell that Victor Crumb, like, is into her. And that's what the issue is. If it had just been like, hey, you know, I I don't want to ask any of these other girls because they're kind of not my type, but I do want to go with somebody and you're pretty, would you go with me? If it was just for the Yule Ball, if they were just kind of going as friends... I wouldn't have a goddamn issue. But it's obvious he has feelings for her. It's implicit in the text that he has feelings for her, even if he doesn't say it. Mm-hmm. And that's fucking gross. Yes, it is. And, you know, like I said, no one ever says that in text. That this is not an okay relationship. No, and it's fucking stupid. It is fucking stupid. Now, this is kind of a bonus one because we don't have, like, textual evidence to state that there is an age gap between them, but Vernon does seem older than Petunia. I can see that, yeah. Because he's fucking gray in the first film. And, like, I know, like, on one hand, it's like, well, you know, that's the actors, but, like, and I know Fiona Shaw was old, everybody was older in the films than they were in the books, but, and maybe this is just me looking at maturity levels weird. Petunia as, like, a person. Just in the way that she behaves. Even though I know she was Lily's older sister, she would still only be, like, in her late, late 20s during the first book. Late 20s, early, early 30s. Because... Lily was 21 when she died. So, she's actually not that fucking old. But you contrast this with Vernon, who's obviously been in the business he's in for a while. And he just, I don't know, he behaves more like an older man. Well, 
be honest, you'd go great too having a son like Dudley Dursley. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Why? Hey, somebody had to say it. God. Anyway. <laughs> but you get the implication that he's older than her. Yeah. I don't know by I, how much. I was referring to Junior. I, I know, but he's enough. When he was younger, he's enough to give you wrinkles. Yeah, I just. I always got the feeling that Vernon was like older than Petunia. Maybe 50s. I wouldn't go straight to 50s, but like. Late 40s, early 50s. Late 40s, at least. I'd, I'd even push for early 50s because he was a lot more... Remember, you said he'd been in the business for a while. So he might have started when he was like 20. They had a house. It's like they had bought and paid for a whole fucking house. And they had enough money to just go on the lamb in the first book. You ever wonder how they explain that to Dudley's school? <laughs> I just thought about that, but yeah. They they had enough money to go on the lamb in the first book and then come back. Like and, nothing happened. Like nothing happened. And Vernon still had a fucking job. Like and not only that, he could support them. On just his income. You know this was written in the 90s. Because a one person's income could support a family of four. Even if Harry was eating table scraps. Yeah. Not only that. His income could support Dudley's fucking diet. And he was the size of a baby whale in fifth, at 15. Okay? I say that because I was the same size. But holy fuck. My family was also on a two person income. Anyway, our family, sorry. Mine and Dad's? No, Mum was still working on and off. Oh, okay. never mind. Continue. But yeah. And, and just. I feel like. To be honest, to be completely honest, I don't think Vernon and Petunia love each other at all. I'm going to say it outright. I do not think they loved each other. But Petunia does love Dudley. Well, obviously, as Cersei Lannister said in Game of Thrones... A mother must love her child. On that front, she has no choice. But I never got Let's the... Think about it. Hold on. Didn't it state in the first book that she was married to the most muggle person out there? Yeah. I think she didn't love him. I think she just wanted to have a normal, extreme normal life. I can see that. 
but away from magic. Away there was from no the possibility of magic being around. I'm gonna be honest and state this outright, no matter how gross it is. I do not believe in real life that Vernon and Petunia would have kids. I'm sorry. She seems like she would not let him touch her. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can't... Because of her personality, I cannot imagine that she would have sex with that man. I can't. I, I, I just... I can't. I don't want to. And it just... The idea to me is so weird. Like... I get that a lot of, like, fictional couples, you couldn't see them being in a relationship. Like, in real life. Not every couple is Morticia and Gomez Adams, where they are so fucking in love, you're like, yeah, they fuck. You know? <laughs> but, like... Anyway... Petunia and <laughs> Vernon seem like the most loveless, sexless couple. And part of me just kind of feels like they only stay together because of Dudley. Like, in the first movie and in the first book, we do get some sense that they are a couple who are into each other in some degree, but... They might have but, been in love to begin with, and you know, then it just sort of... The spark fizzled out. I, I almost feel like by book five they were both having affairs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say like, it. I, to be honest, I think the first two books, there was... They, they were, They were. however, also, to counteract the point that I just said, where I think they might have been in love at some point, or you said, they were obsessed with looking normal. They were obsessed with putting out this happy family life image. I think they were fucking miserable and they hated each other. As a matter of fact, I will even say outright, I think that when they left Harry at Privet Drive, I think they went for about another year and then Dudley went to university and they fucking divorced. And just Dudley's going, what the hell happened? And just Harry's like, I saw this coming from a mile away. I Honestly, I think it would surprise Harry at first, but, like, the older he got, he'd be like, no, okay, I see it now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it just... I think they stayed mutual. Even though they hated each other, they stayed mutual for Dudley. Uh, and I'm gonna say it again. I think Petunia liked Dudley more, liked Harry more than Dudley did. Or Vernon did. Yeah. I, I, I think, because hear me out, even though Dumbledore full-on fucking threatened her into taking Harry, if she really didn't want him, she wouldn't have taken him. If she really didn't give a shit about him, she would not have taken him. But you remember in the deleted scene of the movie, she said, I didn't just lose it. You didn't just lose a mother in Godric's Hollow. I lost a sister. And every time she looks at Harry, she sees Lily. Because here's the thing. Petunia... Petunia was never, like, as verbally abusive as Vernon was. Now, this doesn't downgrade the fact that Harry was verbally abused. She still abused him. 
she mostly ignored him, though. I don't think she could look at him without seeing Lily. I think that's part of it, but she mostly just kind of ignored him. For the most part, like, it was Vernon who, who was fucking vicious to Harry. Along with Dudley. Dudley, yeah, but he did have that kind of change of heart after fifth book. After the fifth book. Which, not gonna lie, I do think was actually a good decision on Rowling's part. Because, number one, I've always seen Dudley as a counterpoint to Draco. What? Okay, because hear me out. Both Draco and Dudley, number one, D. Number two, they're both bullies. Number three, they both have this sort of holier-than-now obsession with being, you know, better than everyone. Right? And they also get a kick out of picking on Harry. They both get a kick out of picking on Harry. But I, but I will say this: I do not think they could stand each other. Oh, absolutely not! I don't think they could stand each other. But I will give Dudley and Draco this right here that makes them so alike. They think that their status of magic or non-magic makes them better who are people with than people who are not that thing. Dudley not having magic makes him think he's better than Harry because of it. And Draco having magic and being pure blood makes him think that he's better than Harry because of it. And I'll also say this. They both redeem themselves in the seventh book. Draco by, you know, basically fucking off after the battle. And Dudley... Who thanked Harry for saving his life, kind of apologized to him and said, The nicest thing anyone's ever said to Harry, and that I don't think you're a waste of space. Anyway. Awkward but nice. It was awkward but nice. Which is why I think that Rowling saying that Harry and Dudley were more respectful but not friendly afterwards and not giving ha- Dudley a magical child I think both of those things were mistakes because I think I think cutting Harry off completely from his muggle life from his mother's family mm. You know, like, I get that they were toxic to him, but I also feel like Dudley's was because he was a kid and he was raised in that environment. But he learned. He learned, But he also might have gotten married to a woman who sat there and went, hey, he's your cousin? Smarten up. You guys are basically brothers. You grew up together. Yeah. I like to headcanon that he accidentally married a witch. Kinda like Seamus Finnegan's mom. Mom and dad. He married a witch, but it's basically bewitched. 
he marries a witch and doesn't find out that she's a witch until like after the wedding but at that point he's like you know what I fucking love you it doesn't matter and then they have like a magical kid and it's great <laughs> hold on hold on he marries one of the Patel twins nah or someone who went to Hogwarts no I think it's I think hold it's hold on he married someone who went to Hogwarts. Yeah. And when he introduces her to Harry, Harry looks at him and goes, I went to school with her. What? No, it takes a minute because I, I feel like this would be... I, I think I actually attempted to write a fanfic about this once, but... Um, yeah, you did. Anyway, I think it would be interesting if... Like, for a while, there's that kind of delicate secret where she's like, listen, don't say anything to him. I know how he feels about this. I don't want to break it to him gently. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. I see what you mean. Sorry, my brain just farted because I remembered something we were going to do and then didn't do. Um, anyway. And then, like, they get married and have a kid and is basically bewitched. I really want a fanfic based on that. I, I, I want to start writing that, but I'm already, like, neck deep in another fanfic I'm writing right now. What is it? Well, it's not technically a fanfic because the work is public domain. It's Macbeth. <laughs> oh, it's Macbeth. I'm fucking weird, okay? I write weird Shakespeare shit sometimes because like I got a copy of an audio drama of Macbeth when I was like 17 years old and I listened to it so fucking much my mom would come into the room and she would be like Macbeth again and I was like yes and, and I think half the reason I loved it so much is because it did have David Tennant as the porter <laughs> and it, it was I'm mad because I've been looking for uh, number one I've been trying to find that CD and number two I've been trying to find other audio dramas of it in the meantime and I'm so fucking mad because that cast was actually Scottish so they had the accents and every other audio drama I keep finding they're all fucking American we're off topic. Yes, I know. <laughs> I let you rant. Now we gotta get back on topic. Uh, we're about 51 minutes in here. Let's see. Um, Ron and Lavender. No, that this, wasn't that wasn't um, age gap relationship. No, it just to me it was kind of. Ron and Lavender, in my opinion, it were... It seemed like he was using Lavender to make Hermione jealous. Ron and, Hermi Ron and Lavender always kind of struck me as, like, right person, wrong time. What do you mean? I mean, like... I, I feel like, in a sense, if they had met later, after school then I think they could have been a good couple, but 
I don't think either of them were really mature enough to handle each other in their situations. I could see that, yeah. And no, she's not downplaying Ron Miney. Yeah, no, I will always ship Ron Miney because... The movies fucked with them so much, but in the books, you could kind of tell that they were, like, gonna be a thing. Yeah. And not only that, like, you could, you, you could read it and be like, I could see it. Yeah. Yeah. Because the thing that pisses me off about them so much in the movies is it shows them fighting and disagreeing, like, so much. And the thing is, in the books, you got the sense that they disagreed, but they still, like, respected each other's opinions and where they were coming from. In the, in the movies, you don't get that sense with Ron. You don't get the sense that he's put himself in her shoes and is trying to see it from her perspective. Mm-hmm. I see that, I see that, yeah. Like, in the books, I had canon that if they went to a regular high school, they would both be in debate club. Because they really did uh-huh. like to debate. They really liked to debate. Like, that was their thing. Hermione had always kind of tried to hold back on her debates, but she fucking knew that she could go all out with Ron because he would fucking understand, and he wouldn't get offended by her opinions. That's why I always thought they were perfect for each other. Yep. Because they fucking understand each other. The only time they ever got into actual fights was when they was when either when either one of them was being so stubborn or because one of them had legitimately fucked up but didn't believe they did. Again, this is wrong. Um, (laughs) But it was because one of them had sort of failed to see the other's perspective or it was just a situation where somebody did cross a line. In third year, it was with Scabbers and Crookshanks. And, you know, it's a childish kind of fight, but, you know, this is also somebody's pet. Mm -hmm. And Ron thought that Crookshanks had killed him. You know? He thought he ate him. And Hermione was like, there's no fucking way that happened. And they just refused to see on it. There's a whole can of worms I can open up with scabbers and crookshanks. Yeah, but we won't go into that today. And then in... Oh, God. And then in sixth year, it was essentially because Hermione had feelings for Ron, but like he like he did in fourth year, he she never said anything to him and that it was too late. You know? I actually Everything could have been avoided had they opened their mouths and sat down and debated it. I actually really find it interesting that their roles flip in sixth year. Because fourth year, Ron wanted to go with Hermione but didn't get courage to ask her. Sixth year, Hermione wanted to be with Ron, but didn't have the courage to ask him. 
That's that's like master stroke level there. Rita Skeeter did a good job on that part. Mm. <laughs> Here's the thing. I will always like sort of secretly like Rita Skeeter only because I know Rowling hates her. Yeah. Um, now, that whole can of worms that I want to open so badly, but we only have four minutes. It's it was something I read or I was told. I think I, I said it to you where we just kind of realized something one day. Why is Crookshank so comfortable with Harry? We don't have time to get into that, Kiara. And, and, and why does Crookshanks hate Scabbers so much? We don't have time! It just... There's a can of worms that's just... We'll talk about it a different time. I, I, I have the can and I have the tab put to the lid and I'm going, do I, do I open? We're already enough. We're already off topic enough as it is. But um, yeah. I don't know what else to say to that. I'm I'm itching to open that can of worms. I'm itching and itching, and it's just getting more and more irritating. But I know, I know, I have to save the suspension for next time. But like I said, killing me. We have a lot to talk about when it comes to Harry Potter, like especially things that are weird or fucked up or things that I just kind of. I wish that they had like, you know, introspected on a bit more, you know? Yeah. And she could have did a little bit more looking into shit and realizing that some of her relationships, Hermione and Victor, were not suitable for a book like that. We're not suitable for a kid's book. I'm sorry. Exactly. You can't... You shouldn't write a relationship like that in a kid's book. No, because then kids will think... Hey, that's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. It's never going to be okay. No, ma'am. But we're currently sitting at one minute here, so we should start wrapping it up. Thank you for listening us to again on the us again on the Fanny Pack podcast. You've been here with Dolly and Kiara. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Mwah.